This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Talking City. I'm Simon Bykowski and I'm joined by Stuart Brennan. Hello there. Uh, we're coming to you live from a noisy hotel room outside a building site in Milan. So apologies if you hear the occasional uh, sound coming from outside, but uh, we'll try our best to make our voices all the sweeter for it. There's actually a large metal pipe swinging around outside the hotel room window as we speak, so if you hear a loud crash and some <laughs> screaming, just call 999 and uh, and let them know what's going on, would you? Yes, but no need for City to call 999. Oh! You see that segue there? Fuck oh. it, oh, um, A lot has happened since, since we, uh, we lasted a podcast. The Cup game, League Cup game against Southampton uh, at home. The the big news is that City are through to the quarterfinals, where they will take on Oxford United away. But there was only really one story from that from that game, wasn't there, Stu? There was, there was. Young Tommy Doyle uh, coming in, making his debut. I think a lot of people have been waiting a long time for that. Certainly, older City fans who, who I know uh, and who remember his two granddads, Mike Doyle and Glyn Pardo, both playing for the club in in the previous glory years of the, the late sixties and early seventies. Um, it, it was it was quite a seminal moment. It, it sort of it was like so many threads all coming together from from throughout the years, you know. Um, and to see that we've we've, we've charted the lad's progress through the youth ranks we know he's been a good player for, for a long time um, he's got that little bit of aggression that he's that granddad Mike had uh, he's, he's quite a smooth footballer uh, like his granddad Glyn um, he's, he's, he's got a lot of attributes uh, and he's, he's got his head screwed on and to see him make his debut and play so well I thought he was excellent um, it was a, was a massive bonus and there was a lot of, a few City fans shedding tears I think in the in the stands on that night and understandably so. It, it was a very nice moment, and it, it's great for you know fans love to see local players come through. But especially that is so special. I'm going to show myself up for lack of research here, but I'm sure there's an MEM piece from like 15, 20 years ago from when he was born or when you know he was he was signed up to the academy. As in, like, what a story this is already. So mm-hmm. for him to go on and make his first team debut and be really highly rated in the academy and they you know they do think he's got a chance of making it in the first team and he he's only enhanced those those chances after a really a really promising debut it was sort of it was interesting because he didn't always get the ball and it was like this city team's so slick and they're all used to passing it to each other and you can tell that he's not always sort of they didn't always have that same confidence to pass to him but he just did what he always does and as the game went on he got more and more passes and mm-hmm. and looked and look really confident against a, a Premier League side. Yeah, you've got to earn that trust sometimes. Um, 
But looking at the other side of it, I mean, Pep really values players like this. I mean, he, he loves Phil Foden partly because he's a terrific talent, but also because he's steeped in City. You know, he's been here since he was small. Um, he, he, his family are City fans. And Tommy Doyle, he's even more steeped, if it's possible, <laughs> he's even more steeped uh, in City than the likes of Phil Foden and, and Taylor Howard Bellis. Um, I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to speak to Tommy straight after the game, you know, and he, he looked like the cat who just got the cream. And he talked about, um, as he walked down the tunnel, the first thing he saw as he emerged from the tunnel was the seat on the far side that he was sitting in when Aguero scored that goal. You know, he was like a 12-year-old kid then. And, and he, he said, we, you know, like everybody else, he went absolutely balmy. He'd been going to City for years and years watching them and had been going to the academy and training with them. Um, and now here he was, walking out in the line with Sergio Aguero and, and giving passes to Sergio Aguero so and you talk about dreams coming true I mean every footballer says this don't they oh it's always been my dream So, but you know absolutely 100% that when he said it he was it was nailed on the truth you know this has been a, a dream of his for years and years and years and then it, it, on the night it, it, it came right and, and everything went right I mean he played well the team the team played well it was a changed team uh, and they, they, they were comfortable really you know they, it was strange really because obviously I know we're going to talk about the league game in a minute but the league game came four days later and we thought he's going to change the team a lot for the league cup game that might be a bit of a struggle and then all the big guns will come back for the league game and will blow Southampton away. But it was more the other way around, really. You know, it was so comfortable, the League Cup game. And then the league game was more of a stroll. Well, yeah, uh, ready for this segue. From Tommy Doyle's dream to nearly a nightmare for City in the league as uh, a team that lost their last game 9-0 at home to Leicester put up a really good performance and proved difficult to break down. They took the lead um, at the Etihad when Edison spilled a shot and James Ward-Prowse nipped in and then I don't know about you I really felt like a goal wasn't coming for City I mean they they kept sort of pumping all these crosses into the box but it, it they didn't really test the keeper until they scored No no it was it was concerning really in, in a lot of ways because I think Aguero's equaliser was the first shot on target and that's not like City I mean in the past when they've um, 70 minutes that was yeah yeah uh, in the past they've, they've you know they, they've won with late goals but it's usually been a case that they've been peppering the goal with shots and you've had a goalkeeper pulling saves off you've had defenders making blocks which was an ex- true to an extent with Southampton you know they let's give, give them a fair due they defended pretty heroically um, but it, it you, you did. You did feel it wasn't wasn't quite going to happen. I mean, the fact that the fact that everyone was expecting a, a cricket score. I mean, the City fans <laughs> have been chanting, "We want ten. You know, they wanted to go one better than Leicester had, had managed. Um, you know, and older City fans were tweeting things like "City nil, Southampton one." Brackets Ings eighty nine. I yeah. think we mentioned that last week. Yeah, um, and it nearly was. It nearly was. It nearly was. And that you know that that's that's it would have been classic City. Um, but this city are different, of course. You know, this city aren't typical city anymore, and uh, they, they found a way back into it. They just changed things a little bit. You know, the, that Kyle Walker cross for Aguero's goal was was a little bit different. They've been they've been trying the usual. You know, De Bruyne curling them in. Walker had tried curling one or two in. Uh, Gundogan with those those sort of vertical 
chip balls that he does for, for the left winger to run into um, they tried all those but they, they become a bit hackneyed you know we're expecting and we're sitting in the press box thinking I know what De Bruyne's going to do here or I know what Walker's going to do here I know Gund- what Gundogan's going to do I know exactly where this ball is going and if you're thinking that you can be pretty sure the Southampton defence have been looking at it and, and they, they've got a good idea and they're anticipating it and I think that was that's what was happening I think that they badly needed to change it up somehow uh, and they started you know we saw Sterling switch wings um, and then we, we saw Walker try a different kind of cross he just basically <laughs> smashed <laughs> it and Aguero you know we've got to give Aguero credit because he just reacted so quickly and bang and it was through the keeper's legs and in the net um, but I think City prop I'm, I'm sure they will have, they sure, I'm sure they will address it the fact that maybe they, they are becoming a little bit predictable with some of the, some of the work they do in and around the back box and they have to perhaps try and try and innovate and, and try something a little different maybe I mean what I found interesting as well was the fans at the weekend because it was a miserable afternoon it was didn't stop raining three o'clock against the team that you've already played that week and the City fans were in a position that they're not normally in I mean I think City were 5-0 up against Watford at half time they're used to winning um, games comfortably and to approach like the hour mark pass and no no goal for City they're losing 1-0 and and you just you felt the fans lift the team the fans sort of said right they were the ones to grab it by the scruff of the neck and then the players kind of responded responded to that and that was I think really encouraging to see because we just don't don't see it enough because City there's very rarely jeopardy in the games um but the, the fans really um, really came through and the players delivered and you could see how much it meant to Guardiola who was who was pretty wild for the whole the whole afternoon I think jibing with the Southampton coaches and <laughs> he was like charging down ball boys to get the ball back it was have you seen him as animated as that in a while no no I, I mean obviously the thing with the coaches was because the Southampton coach Craig Fleming I think it was who had uh, had wound him up by by keeping the ball for an inordinate amount of time and <laughs> holding on to it and then as soon as City went 2-1 up and the ball came to Pep and he was offering him the ball which I think I love stuff like that it's just <laughs> pure theatre it was almost a scene from Hamlet with a with a football instead of a skull you know and uh, that, that that's just I mean yeah, you, you get people sort of poo-pooing and humming around oh we shouldn't be doing that come on you know at least football football's great when you get stuff like that you know nobody's hurt anybody it was it was, it was just pure drama and the fans loved it the fans absolutely adored it and I'm sure that uh, Southampton looking back and it'll see the funny side but it, I mean the City fans they were terrific it's like you say when when they're winning it almost becomes oh we're winning again and it becomes like a day at the theatre sometimes everybody settles back in the seats and enjoys this wonderful football team strutting the stuff and it's only when when the backs are against the wall that the old City um, spirit comes out in a lot of ways you know obviously a lot of those fans have known much leaner times and, and they're, they're boasting those days that they stuck by City thick and thin and they were they were a really good strong solid big support and um, it, sometimes it, it takes that it takes a little bit of adversity to, to recapture that kind of spirit and that kind of that kind of ethos um, 
and, and that's what it was like. I mean, the, the, the fans get, did give the players a lift. I'm sure they did. And, and when the, after the second goal went in, the place was going mental. You know, it wasn't just Guardiola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really was. It was like a. It was. It was. All, it was almost. I mean, Liverpool last season was something else, but uh, it, it, it was along those kind of lines. You know, that the place was, was given a big lift. It, it, it's difficult because you can't bottle that and, and reproduce it. You know, we know. We know that. Next time, next game at the Etihad, it, it, it perhaps won't be the same, but uh, it, it shows that it's still there, and it just it just needs that that something to lift it out sometimes. And Guardiola's strangeness didn't end <laughs> <laughs> when the final whistle went. Um, there, he he spoke to, he did a, a press conference for the the written media, which is us. Um, and he was asked about Liverpool and he didn't really say anything of note he did a press conference for the radios and he didn't really say anything of note and he did a press conference with well he, he spoke to the BBC and he's come out and said something about diving being a part of Liverpool getting last minute winners yeah. um, I think he said he said something like the, the, you know they, they score a lot of late goals it's Partly because of the the magic of you know they're, they're such a great team, and partly because of the the diving. Yeah, he, he almost he's almost like he was. But but I mean throwing that's it been interpreted in some parts as him having a go at Sadio Mane. Now Mane has won two penalties for for Liverpool recently. He was also booked on Saturday when Liverpool were playing at the same time as City for trying to win a penalty um, against Aston Villa. Um, I. I mean, I, I was confused to see the comments and I think that's been shown in how Jurgen Klopp reacted and how Jurgen Klopp's comments have been reported because Klopp doesn't seem to understand quite what Guardiola was saying or quite if it was an insult or how insulting it was and different reporters have taken Klopp's words differently as well as, as Guardiola. So it's a bit confusing, but it is undoubtedly a bit of spice to add to the the rivalry ahead of Sunday yeah I mean it's been a very nice respectful relationship between the two managers you know they've been head to head for a couple of seasons I I disagree with you there I think while they've been nice they've been kind of you know Guardiola says oh they're the best team in England and Klopp says oh they're the best team in Europe and Guardiola they're the best team in the world they're the best team in the galaxy it's kind of like trying to outdo each other even with kindness yeah, but that that's that's not the same as like Guardiola and Mourinho uh, when no. you know where, where they were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were sort of just lobbing artillery shells at each other <laughs> from, from from a four hundred mile distance. But but yeah, I mean, it, it may, maybe maybe there is a degree of sarcasm or a degree of uh, uh, you know just sort of shielded, pointed mind games, but. Um, you know, it has been. I, I think. I think they genuinely respect each other. I think they probably yeah. genuinely. I mean, Klopp. You know, he for all for all for all the people have an opinion on Liverpool. Klopp is a thoroughly likable guy. You know, I, I think he's he's like, he's got that goofy German thing going on, but he, you can't help but like him. You know, he, I, I, you respect. I respect his views. I respect him as a manager, uh, and I, I tend to like him as a person from what I've seen of him. And I think Pep will feel the same way. Um, I mean, what Klopp th- thinks about Pep as a as a person, I don't know, but as a manager, he'll certainly he'll certainly have a great deal of respect for him. And it, it you know, 
whether Pep's trying to change that and just sort of spice it up a bit, it seems like he is. I mean, there's no other reason for him to, to throw that, that in, the, the jive about the diving. Of course, it's true as well. You know, yeah, we've all yeah, seen yeah. it. And I don't, I mean, it's been taken that it was a, a jibe at Mane, but I mean, you know, Salah, Salah's not exactly uh, adverse a few to the odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he chucks a few in there, that's for sure. That's, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, it's naughty to talk about diving from Guardiola, but Klopp got in that that one back saying he won't talk about tactical fouls. So, <laughs> so the referee's got. Uh, it's uh, Michael Oliver isn't it for Sunday he's gone something to think about from both teams but it's certainly going to be interesting if uh, if Sadio Mane or anyone else goes down in the box to see what what Michael Oliver's response is and the VAR team, oh, but we won't get into no, that let's not go into VAR um, I mean, but, but it also seems a bit like Guardiola sort of fighting his corner and this season with all the injuries that City have had and their problems it's and of course Bernardo Silva's tweet issue uh, um, with Mendy that has developed a bit more of it was against the world and you can see kind of Guardiola stoking that ahead of Anfield and saying you know nothing will go our way but let's let's pull together and and pull something off yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it is. It, it has got a bit of a backs to the wall feeling. I mean, we, we're forgetting really that that City are a, an extremely good football team. But the fact that they're going there without Laporte, they're going there uh, with no backup left back. You know, Zinchenko or first choice left back. Well, depends on your view on Zinchenko, but he, he well, started uh, the season as first choice left back. I, I thought you knew something about Mendy. No, no. no, I didn't. But. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, they're, they're missing I know it was a, off yesterday. But I thought, <laughs> they're I, missing I was, a left back. Yeah, yeah, I'll miss. Yeah, um, and of course, I mean, Otamendi. There's problems around him. He's not been great this season. Can they risk him in that in that environment? Stones, Stones has looked good, but he's only just coming back. And he's not played much this season. Fernandinho. I mean, however way, however you cut it up, there's not a huge amount of pace in that city back four, apart from Kyle Walker. I mean, Kyle Walker's a man who, but against the pace that Liverpool have got, you kind of think that front three can get at City if City yeah. play the normal game I just wonder whether, whether Pep will go against the grain and, and change it I mean he changed it a little bit at Anfield last season by pulling Bernardo deeper and uh, and, and that worked that, that sort of cut off the supply line a little bit um, so I just wonder whether he'll do something like that and play a little bit more on the break um, which goes against the grain because it, Pep's thing is just controlling games but you know he, he, he's not he, he's not just a a blueprint manager he, he, he innovates as well and I, I, I can imagine him come, trying to come up with something that will um, that, well that Liverpool won't expect um, and that, that will sort of you, you know you can you, you look at Liverpool at the weekend and Aston Villa frustrating them for a long long time and you can think well if Aston Villa's defence can do that I'm pretty sure cities will be able to do it um, and but, teams are scoring against them yep yeah, yeah they, they're conceding goals all over the place um it's just a, yeah. So it's just, I mean, that, that's the thing with City. They've got to start putting chances away. They can't afford to miss miss chances like like they have been doing this season. I mean, they weren't creating them this weekend, but in, prior to that, they've been creating chances and missing them. Uh, and the, the, if they get chances at Anfield, they're going to have to take them. Otherwise, uh, there's nothing down for them. I don't think. The um, the other interesting thing for Anfield, I think, is uh, Phil Foden. Mm. Um, just in the sense that Rodri is injured he was back training ahead of the trip to Atlanta but he was um, he went back inside he didn't take part in the full session he's not expected 
um, that we know to be fit for Anfield. Neither is David Silver, who went off at half-time against Southampton. Phil Foden is suspended for the Champions League game because he got sent off in the last game, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wonder, it would be absolutely crazy for Guardiola to throw Foden in for what would be his fourth league start. But it was absolutely crazy when he threw him in for his second league start at home to Tottenham and he scored the goal that that won them the game and ultimately the title. It's going to be a fast-paced counter-attacking game. Maybe next week we might be talking about about Phil Foden, perhaps. That'd be a huge call if he did. I mean, obviously we're recording this prior to the Champions League game so we don't know any injuries at all that might come out of that. But... um, I think that would be a huge, huge call. I, I know what you're saying with Rodri. I know I'm always battering Phil, saying Phil should play, Phil should play, <laughs> so I'm slightly biased. But yeah, um, you, but you kind of think if he's not going to play him um, at home to Southampton in a league game, is he going to yeah. play him at Anfield? You know, no. I mean? the, the, the more it, I think it's more down to personnel. I mean, Guardiola was asked at the weekend if he'd rest players for the Champions League game, and he he gave his usual sort of we don't prioritise one competition over the other response but he can't really afford to rest them because if you know if you've got a midfield three and Rodri and David Silva are out and Fernandinho is playing centre back you sort of and Foden suspended you've not really got many options and for that reason I think we'll see a very strong team against Atalanta I mean I I think we're I think Foden's more like oh well he can't play he can't play against Atalanta like you say but he would have been more likely to play against uh, yeah. against Atalanta yeah but this uh, yeah I guess I guess if he's because it'll be Gundogan a, a defensive midfielder you would expect against Liverpool yeah um, will he play Bernardo again and, and give him that, that same brief as he gave him Anfield last season just to, to play that little bit deeper yeah uh, and then you've got De Bruyne who's the, the transitional midfielder the one who turns defence into attack which he does so well I think that would and be he, the sort of risk free midfield yeah right? yeah yeah and I I, I I would I would tend to tend to think that I mean Foden's I think Foden would do a, a good job in that because he's you know he's all enthusiasm he's like a puppy dog isn't he running around the pitch um, getting in people's faces um, but he's just got that little bit less experience than Bernardo um, and I just think it's, it's just such a big game I, I, he's got to have his his prime midfield three and for me the prime midfield three are those Gundogan Bernardo David Silva especially now Mahrez has been performing this season Yeah, play him on the right um, and that, then you've got a really strong front three of Mares, Aguero, Sterling as well. Yeah, um, Sterling's going to be interesting as well. Yeah, we, we're still we're waiting for that moment against Liverpool, aren't we? Well, of course he scored in the Community Shield, but even that felt like a miss. It was a miss hit, and it yeah, it sort and of dollied through the, the keeper's legs. He missed that chance at one 0 didn't he? As well, to yes, that got almost more talks about than the goal. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, he's he's been in terrific form. Um, but the Champions League, which is is why we're here first. Um, uh, any shock? Any are you expecting anything other than a routine City win? Well, you look at I mean, Atlanta lost at home to Shakhtar Donetsk in the in the last Champions League game. Um, City beat them 5-1 at the Etihad which is perhaps a little bit flattering maybe I thought City were the better team but they ended up running away with it yeah 
Um, I, I think it'll be a straightforward. I think, I think City will win the game uh, and pretty much qualify. Well, they will qualify if they win. Um, and you know, then it's just about top spot, which which shouldn't be too difficult to achieve in the last two games. Um, but no, I mean it, it's straight straightforward. We're going to be playing that going to be at the San Siro. I've not been to the San Siro before, strangely enough. Um, and we'll be at a game where it, it's it's probably less than half full because it's of course it's uh, Atalanta from an hour away in Bergamo um, and they're playing there because they're having their own ground done up um, so it's it's a big ask for all their fans to, to be travelling to, to home game and to be honest it's not a it's not a huge game if, they, if there was something on it they're, they're pretty much out of the Champions League so you know why would you why would you travel and spend all that money to yeah. come to a game like this we've been not a lot riding on it it's not going to be a great atmosphere um, unless you want to come and see City, of course, which which is understandable. Um, but it's just a shame that it might, you know, it might not be a, a particularly atmospheric game. It, it's just you just get the feeling it'll be one of those bog standard, yeah, City Euro aways now, where they'll go and just get the job done professionally and then start thinking about the next game. Which, which in itself is a is a sign of their progress under Guardiola that mm-hmm. they can just. And I mean, I know they've got Oxford in the League Cup draw, and that has led to some people reeling off the list of teams they've had in the last two seasons but the reason they've had good Champions League draws is because they are top seeds as Mm. champions of England so they get better more favourable draws than other English teams who Mm. haven't won the league sort of that's their their reward Um, we've seen the players have been training today um, ahead of ahead of the game tomorrow night and Tommy Doyle of League Cup fame has been has been with them and Eric Garcia so there's a chance that those two youngsters could be be on the bench and could even see some action if Guardiola wants to to rest a few players up for for Anfield as the game ticks on tomorrow night um, but the only other issue that uh, has come up recently has been Raheem Sterling off to Real Madrid uh, there's a report 70 million plus Gareth Bale uh, Real Madrid are willing to offer um, to get Raheem Sterling City of course uh, have no interest in that deal um, how much would you take for Raheem Sterling Stu, and would you want Gareth Bale as part of the package if you were City well the second part of that question is no clearly I mean Bale's been a great player but not anymore, you know. I, I don't. Th- I don't think you get in the city team, uh, and City are in a in a in quite a position in that they don't they don't they do need money. Obviously, they, they, they need to they need to balance the books because of financial fair play and so on. But people talk talk nonsense about this all the time about oh, City can afford to go out and get whoever they want. They just cannot. They, they've got a budget and they've got to stick to it. Uh, otherwise, they, they fall foul of UEFA. Um, so so it's nonsense, but. But they they don't need to lose Raheem Sterling. Of all the players, he's the one that they, they're probably most desperate to, to hold on to. I would think. You know, we talked about Leroy Sane going, and that's that's still a possibility. Um, but losing Sterling would be a, a, a much bigger blow than that in my book. You know, he's become such an important player. I mean, I wrote a piece last week saying he's, he's the new Sergio Aguero, which. Had people on social media going mad without reading the article. They went mad about it, but I wasn't trying to say he's going to be like this new legendary goal scorer. I was saying like he's the go-to man. You know, Aguero's the man who always got you a goal, and and, and Sterling has become 
has become that player early. You know, he's the one that you you, you expect to, to break a deadlock. He's the one you expect to, to get them out of a tight situation. And the fact that they've still got Aguero as well is yeah is huge. But um, he's, he's so important to the team that I I don't think they they say every player's got his price, but I don't think any amount of money could could tempt you really you know certainly certainly not the kind of money that, that, that Real Madrid could afford and and whoever came up with that idea that they were going to chuck Gareth Bale in you know <laughs> I mean come on <laughs> no no you you're right and with not just replicating Aguero on the pitch but Sterling I think is close to sort of becoming City's biggest brand off it mm-hmm. Aguero has such a huge following across South America and has been City's sort of biggest I don't want to say asset it's a horrible word but like he he's the the most famous player and the most recognisable yeah. Manchester City player I think Sterling is slowly sort of taking that mantle and there's talk today of sort of Netflix and Amazon and everyone fighting over a, an eight part biopic of his life and he, he's he's replaced Thierry Henry as the face of Gillette he's sort of becoming more and more like a global superstar um, so for that reason again City will not want to lose him and the way Sterling's career has gone with sort of him really taking authority you sort of think that when Sterling does leave City it'll be on on his terms yeah just on that by a pick I believe they've got Leonardo DiCaprio in the, the lining him up to play me oh right the, yeah in, right. The, in the biopic so uh, I can see why yes yeah <laughs> well let's hope that uh, tomorrow night's game is box office oh he's at it again we'll end as badly as we started um, and yes we will update you on the website with uh, the latest updates from Pep Guardiola who will be speaking either later today or yesterday depending on when this podcast goes out but uh, John Stones will be speaking as well it'd be great to speak to to John who's had a bit of a a frustrating season with injuries but obviously has a very very important role to play um, as the season goes on with City but thanks for taking the time to listen and don't forget to subscribe uh, via Acast or however you get your podcasts Um, and we shall speak to you soon